and welcome to another episode of the Diz Explorers podcast. Each week, we discuss different aspects of, of the Disney world, if you would, but not specifically Disney World. We do try to branch out to other aspects, being the cruises, the parks, the movies, Disneyland, and maybe one day overseas, if any of us ever make it out there. So this week, we're running at Half Throttle. It's myself and two of the ladies. We have Adrian and Jessica with us tonight. Hello. As we're approaching the holidays, everybody's busy and running around and Melanie is actually in Walt Disney World this week, chaperoning her gigantic amount of band students. Her eldest is a senior, and he's down there with their band playing in Walt Disney World, so it's a whole big fun trip, and I've seen some of the pictures, and they're having a great time, and they've got to do some cool, cool things that I will let her speak about when she gets back. This week, we're going to talk about some of the newer things that have popped up in the news this week over the past few days. Uh, I'm sure many of you have heard that there's, they're going to start introducing some more alcoholic choices to more of Magic Kingdom's restaurants, which has definitely gotten reactions on both sides of it. And there's also been rumors that there is going to be a specialty annual pass holder line at Walt Disney World for getting into the parks. So we'll touch on that as well. So we're going to jump right into it. came out a few days ago, I believe, that they were going to introduce... Selling alcohol like they do at Be Our Guest, which started there in 2012 when that restaurant opened. Hard to believe that that was four years ago already, uh, to me at least. (laughs) And so they're going to start serving alcohol at lunch and dinner at four other restaurants. uh, Tony's Town Square, the Skipper Canteen, Liberty Tree Tavern, and Cinderella's Royal Table. Uh, Before I get into too many details on what which types of beverages exactly because there has been some some stuff I've read and uh, so what, what do you guys think about that it's like it's like huge <laughs> it is now I I don't know a whole lot about Walt's take on that which I guess we would know more about his the policy over in Disneyland but it doesn't bother me and as the only non-drinker on this podcast i was a little surprised by my reaction to that but i you know as long as it doesn't become like epcot during food and wine where you can't walk without seeing you know tons of drunk people stumbling around then i don't i don't care if somebody has a glass of wine when they're dinner who cares that's me yeah i think i'm with you and i know a lot of people have the reaction of you know, Walt wanted it to be a dry park, and so it's this like wholesome family place or whatever. But to that, I'd say a these like wholesome families when they're at home, they're drinking. So I don't really understand why that's such like a scary thing to do it in the park. And b like so the park that Walt spent time in was Disneyland, and when it opened, it had two tobacco shops and a lingerie <laughs> store for crying out loud on Main Street. So. Yeah. Clearly, it wasn't just everything was 100% G-rated, and yeah, maybe he didn't like the idea of having alcohol in the park, but things change and evolve over time. California Adventure is 100 feet away from Disneyland. They serve alcohol everywhere, and it's fine. People aren't drunk messes all the time, and it works great. So if it works, it works in Epcot, it works in California Adventure, I say go for it. I, I agree with both of you wholeheartedly. Um, whether I was 
whether I enjoyed drinking or not, I, it, it doesn't affect me at all. The outlier is during food and wine when it's just inundated with, you know, it's like amateur night. You know, what you St. Patrick's Day, New Year's Eve. It's you get just too many people. You get a lot of young kids. A lot of local kids will go, as well as people going on vacation. I don't want to blame it all on locals, but it is heavy local on on the weekends. And yeah, it's you know, it, it, it's a responsibility thing with people who just can't hold their own. You can't blame Disney because they're serving booze. It's you know, right. you're you're by, you're drinking it and and not being able to take care of yourself. So that that's a you thing, not a uh, not a Disney thing. And as far as the Magic Kingdom, as, as far as Walt's thing was, I, I believe he just didn't want to see drunkenness in the park and people, you know, being disrespectful and sloppy, and which I could understand. But the way that that they're doing it at the Magic Kingdom is it's going to be the same as Be Our Guest. You can't, you can't order a drink and walk around with it. it. It's only going to be served during lunch and dinner at these new four restaurants. Be Our Guest is only dinner time because, um, as we were chatting before we recorded, Adrian had reminded me that Be Our Guest is a quick serve for lunch, so they just it's just something they don't, they don't offer the alcohol during lunchtime, which is fine. You'll be able to go to these other four restaurants and, and get it. And I tell you, from what I've seen on it, they released some ideas of what they're going to do with certain entrees, either wine pairings or a certain beer. It's, it's not going to be full bar menus. It's, it's going to be specific beers or specific wines. It's not going to be everything at every place. I think it seems like it's going to be different pairings, you know, specific to what each restaurant is serving, probably along with the theme. You know, Be Our Guest, they don't have a ton of different beers. They have a couple of, you know, odd beers. I don't even think they have a normal Budweiser or Bud Light, if, if I remember from the one time I was there for dinner. And I believe they have a lot of nice wines. But as far as your beer choices, if you're a beer drinker, you know, there was like some odd selections, you know, nothing, you know, normal. And there's no, uh, there's no cocktails. It's not like you can get in, go and get a rum and coke or a screwdriver or, or something like that. It's just very specific things. So, you know, if you go and you sit there all night and have a, you know, <laughs> have a dinner for three hours and pound a bunch of drinks, I'm sure it could be okay. But I, I just, I, I don't see it as being a problem. I, I know purists and traditionalists who have been going there since the park opened a lot of them are firmly against it and i guess i kind of understand it but it's it's really not gonna i don't think it's gonna affect or change anything it just brings more money in the door for them and maybe i'll get some cool souvenir glasses that they used to sell years ago (laughs) those (laughs) those nice like you know 12 ounce glass mugs with the handles with the frosted white insignias or, and such on it. I know I still have one from when the castle was called uh, King Stephen's Royal Table, so before, oh. before it was And C- I think Cinderella. you could fill the seats. I think you could fill the seats in the Enchanted Tiki Room, at least in Disneyland, a lot better if you could bring in, like, some Trader Sam's drinks in there. Oh, no doubt. Yeah, no doubt. Yeah, I mean, even if they did that in Walt Disney World, now that they moved the Aloha Isle where they sell the Dole Whips over right in f- next to the Tiki Room. W- what's the harm in, in keeping a, a bottle of Captain Morgan's or Malibu behind there and people getting a, a shot dumped on their uh, Dole Whip? Is that really going to kill anybody? It really isn't. And, hell, <laughs> in the middle of the park, I'd pay another $10 for something, or maybe not that much, but for them to put a little shot of that on top of my Dole Whip, I'd pay for that. Cause it's awesome, because when they do it at the... Food and wine festival, it's fantastic. Yeah, I, I don't I don't have a problem with it. I think it's I think it's gonna be fine. I think the 
the backlash will die down once these once people realize it's not just going to be a free for all and there's not they're not sticking kiosks up everywhere there's not going to be an actual bar you know they're just serving it with dinner you have to make a reservation and sit down to eat dinner to be served it so there's pretty you know strict policies yeah i think you hit the nail on the head with why it doesn't bother me because like you said, you're not going to be taking it out and about in the park. I think that might bother me a little bit if I saw people, you know, carrying around the giant 24 ounce beers <laughs> while they're about to get on Seven Dwarfs Mine Train or something. I think that would bother me because I feel like then I'm at a NASCAR race or a concert or something. <laughs> but you know, as opposed to Disney World, which is I think has a little bit of a higher standard. But yeah, with meals, whatever, sit down, have your wine, drink your beer, whatever, so long as yeah, keep it in the restaurant, and I think I'm cool. I agree. I agree. I mean, I'm like I said. I you know, if they ever did that, I'd be fine with it. And if they never do it, as far as it being open and available in within the Magic Kingdom Park to just walk up somewhere and buy like you can in the other three, I, I'd be. If they never did it, I'd be fine too because I, I honestly think it would just be weird, like you said, Adrian, to see people walking around with either those giant 24 ounce things of beer or you know a, or a bottle of Budweiser just walking around the park. I think, I, I think it would just be very strange. <laughs> yeah. So I, that I don't that I don't think would probably ever happen in that park. I think I think they would stay pretty strict on that, which. Which I'm fine with. I'm totally, totally fine with. There's there's three other parks and Disney Springs to go, you know, right. drink your brains out if you wanted to. <laughs> so there's just a few, just wanted to mention a few of the specifics from this uh, Fox News article that Adrian had sent over to me just to, just to put some more light on it. So for Tony's Town Square, we know that's that's mainly an Italian restaurant, uh, not the greatest Italian restaurant on property. So maybe this will get. I mean, there are many people that like it. I just think out of the out of all the ones, which I believe there is four technically. You know, if you Trattoria on the boardwalk, you have Via Napoli, uh, Mama Melrose, and then Tony's. I you know, Tony's would be number four on my list if I had to <laughs> choose an order of Italian restaurants in Disney World. Being an Italian restaurant, it's going to offer more wine. It seems like you know they're they're saying they're going to have Chianti's for their grilled pork chops and other meals that they have there. And then for over at the Skipper Canteen, which is more like a Pan Asian cuisine, they're probably have other sorts of wine pairings with that. There, nothing is too specific. They're I think they're just trying to get give people a, an idea of what's going on and then Cinderella's Royal Table it's it's saying in this article that they're going to serve champagne and sparkling wine because it's befitting of a festive royal celebration so that's their words there that's the, the long and the short of it so we'll and I believe it's supposed to begin oh, it says right here yeah begin serving the wine and beer on December 23rd so just in time just in time for New Year's just in time for New Year's exactly but you can go and you can have your meal and and have your toast at New Year's, but you won't be seeing any fireworks or anything unless you're in Cinderella's royal table because you can't take it out of the restaurant. So I think that might have just been added to my bucket list. What's that? Having a actual <laughs> being in Cinderella's royal table during the fireworks during the fireworks. On New Year's Eve. Yep. There we go. If they have it, op- if they have it open that late, that probably would be pretty awesome. But I'm trying to think because there's two like tiny windows if I remember that face out 
And do they even face the front of the park? Like, I'm trying... I haven't been in that restaurant. Oh, God, my wife and I were dating. We weren't even married yet, so... I'm pretty sure all the windows... Yeah, that they do go from side to side. Okay. Um, Towards the front of the park. Is it? Last time I was in there, we sat sort of that, that direction. Because I remember this because, you know, I'm bad at photography. And I remember <laughs> not being able to get good pictures of my kids with the characters when they were facing that direction. Oh, uh, because of the windows. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Interesting. Sorry, completely off topic. No, no, that's okay. <laughs> so we'll see how it goes. You know, that December 23rd, that's uh, Friday, right? Yeah. Because Christmas mm-hmm. is Sunday. Oh my God! Yeah, exactly. <laughs> but it, you all won't be hearing this episode in order, I'm sure. Uh, we do record sometimes two episodes a week, just in case uh, things go cr- really crazy on our ends and we can't get together to record because we always want to have something to put out. Uh, and we are taking the following two Mondays off, being the Monday after Christmas and New Year's Day, so we can. Just spend time with our families because all our kids will be off from school and it doesn't hurt to take a break. So, mm-hmm. um, so yeah, so we'll, hey, I'm sure there'll be plenty of reports coming out of the high Christmas crowds and New Year's crowds that are going to roll in the parks. And um, I'm sure we'll all hear about it on social media in some sort of shape or form. <laughs> so... The other big news that came down the wire this week is annual pass holders are going to get their own entrance line at at least the four Walt Disney World parks. I'm not sure. Did, did they say anything in Disneyland about it, Jessica? No. And, you know, I don't think that it would work, to be honest, because, like, I, I was actually looking today. I was trying to figure out if they had any kind of stats about, like, on a given day, what percentage of park guests are annual pass holders. And I couldn't find anything, but it seems pretty high. I know people complain a lot that there are too many tiers of passes for Disneyland and like the this the quiet season when there aren't that many people in the parks is getting smaller and smaller because there are so many annual pass holders without blackout dates. Um, so I think that having a line just for annual pass holders might not really do anything because it would probably be like the same as the regular line. Um, but <laughs> right. I haven't heard them say anything about even testing it. So I wonder if they're just going to wait and see how it goes in Disney World and then bring it over because that's what they're doing with FastPass Plus. They haven't confirmed mm-hmm. that either, but I think they're like starting to kind of build it now that it's worked in Florida. So right. it'll probably be something similar. Yeah, I would see why not. I, I can't imagine that they not want to streamline and have everything running on the same system with all the parks, either stateside or worldwide just because it's just got to be easier on their end for data collection and just you know keeping track of actually how many people are coming in the parks and of which nature which i know they know how to they do that anyway but if everything was the same through at every entry point it's just a lot easier i guess for data collection reasons and then crowd control and yeah, I and things think like so. that. You know, I, I mean, I, I've, I'm an annual pass holder. I, I always, I have been for a very long time. I'm. F- I, this is one of those things that, like, yeah, it's pretty cool. I'm excited about it. I, I think a majority of people that do come to Walt Disney World, or well, maybe not. I don't know what their percentages are either. I'm guessing. It. I, I think a lot of people are annual pass holders. And but, you know, like Jessica just said, with the weird new tiering system they have, and I don't. I, they changed it all around for. 
Disney World. It used to just there used to be two passes. There was a there was an annual pass, and then there was like the annual pass plus. And the only the major difference was the regular annual pass was just the four parks and a park hopper. And then the next level up was it got you the water parks. And when Disney Quest was in operation fully, it got you entry to, to Disney Quest. And that was it. Those are the only two options you had. Now there's like four different options. And it's like gold, silver, platinum. There's a ton more. And then there's the Florida resident. Right. There's Florida yeah, residents with the discount. But then there's a ton more blackout dates. There's, like a, there's a lot more blackout dates for the... I guess the entry level pass is the gold pass, which is a park hopper, but you're basically blocked out for any of the high times of year, which is spring break weeks, I think most of the summer, um, Christmas week, you know, holiday time, which is times that a lot of people don't want to go anyway, so it may not be a big deal. But for residents, that's because the same applies to them, the, the, the structuring on it. The difference for residents, though, that I do know is you don't have to pay it up front. So when you renew or buy an annual pass, if you're a Florida resident, it gets you're on like a monthly plan. plan. So you get to pay for it throughout the year, which is freaking fantastic. Yeah, that is awesome. Because I'm not gonna. I just renewed mine and my wife's, uh, and it was. We have, I think, the platinum one, which is the no blackout date, which is basically what we had before and so renewing it you got a discount as well but then they were running a special so if you renew it at the same level you had you got 13 months so you got an extra month for free and then because we're dvc members it was like another 15 percent off oh, nice so it was like 580 something each which is like prices that I remember paying like a that's bunch a like significant discount years ago. Yeah, that's ridiculous. So I was like, hell yeah. I mean, it's not the greatest time of year to want to do it around Christmas time, but it is what it is. You know, I know we're definitely going in April with my kids and family and everything else, and we may you know try to sneak a fall trip in or something, either her and I, or you know, a long weekend with the kids or something like that. But for that price, I mean, geez, you'd pay that if you did a seven day magic your way. You'd pay more than that if you did that. Definitely. I mean, I haven't priced one. Okay. Of, so I don't know. All right. So here are my questions about the annual pass holder line. One, you just mentioned that you renewed your passes for your wife and yourself. Mm-hmm. And so I'm going to assume that your children are not annual pass holders. No. Which is which is how it is in my house. My husband and I are annual pass holders because we had more trips planned yeah. than with the kids. So am I then not going to be able to use the annual pass entrance because my kids aren't. And I'm not going to make them go through by themselves like a three-year-old can do the little finger thing anyway. Right. And then, and so does that, or can they come through with me since they're my kids? I don't know how that works. Um, I'm not sure because it's, it's still a pilot program now so i that that's right. an, that's an excellent question i would assume if the adults are annual pass holders i i don't see why they would penalize you for you're not getting it for your right. kids and make you go through the regular line because most people probably don't buy them for their kids especially if they're at that age i mean i got three kids if, right. I, if I had to buy five annual passes then the hell i mean forget it you know i think the only time my kids had annual passes was there was one year we went 
three times. Not well, the kids went twice, but we went three times, and I think my parents got it for them as Christmas presents. This was right. years ago when it was you know not outrageous and. For kids, it was cheaper. Yeah. Whatever it is, it's like a hundred dollars cheaper for. I don't even know what what the price. I don't are. think it even's that anymore. It's probably not. All right, <laughs> but then here's my other issue: going through the Magic Band entrance isn't the issue with getting into the park. That they have so many entrances, and they're you know each cast member is in charge of like four or something. Yep. That that takes approximately five seconds. Even if there's a problem, you know, yeah. if you've forgotten which finger or whatever is scanned in, there are a gazillion entrances. That's not the problem. It's security that's the issue. Yes. And I'm grateful for security. Don't get me wrong. I want every bag checked. But that is where I would rather have an annual pass holder special entrance. <laughs> and no, I, than, I totally agree. And that's what I was going to say next, because according to things I had seen and read it's not going to be for security is just going to be the same general security that everybody goes through. And then after you get right. through security, you would then go and split to get in the park. Yeah. I'm a hundred percent with, with what you said, Adrian. Yeah. The, the problem is not going through the turnstiles because the process at the turnstiles is that way because that's the way they want it to be. There's mm -hmm. no reason to the, I'm sure there is other reasons now for your finger touch, but years ago before they had magic bands and everything else, the finger touch in the biometric scanner was simply for crowd control. So it wasn't right. masses of people just hitting their ticket quick and taking off. It's just, it, it's a way to just ease people in the park. So it's not just like, you know, letting out the hounds, mm -hmm. you know, and, and but it, it's so streamlined. It's, yeah, it's not a park. As this long isn't as, a park. you know what the, the, the thing that holds it up is people who just don't pay attention, who aren't ready, who don't have their kids bands ready. You know, people who are trying to... Strollers. Well, strollers, yep. Getting my three-year-old out of the umbrella stroller up so he can reach, because now that the young kids have to do it too, yep. is a pain in the rear end. Yeah, I can so imagine. So that holds it up too. But I mean, again, there are a thousand other touch things that can be used. So again, it's, oh, yeah. even if there's a, a hold up in one area, it's... I don't know. I don't see the purpose of this. That's yeah. my take on it. No, I agree with you. And like I said, I'm a pass holder. I just don't see the, unless it got me through, unless there was a separate line for security, like at the TSA, if you have that special, you know, if you have, if you've paid for the special fancy federal, you know, checker thing that they put on your license or whatever the hell it is, that you can just go right through to the, you know, scanner thing and not wait in that giant line with everybody else, then uh, yeah, I honestly, I don't see the point in it either. Yeah. I mean, some people will make well, them... whatever. Yeah, I mean, if it works and it... I, I don't know. I mean, yeah, like you said, the, you know, the entry points aren't the problem. Yeah. It, what I do notice, though, other than Magic Kingdom, none of them are all open. I mean, the Magic yeah, Kingdom... Yeah, they're by, very rarely all open, but... Well, the Magic I mean, Kingdom by there. far has the most, because you can go in through security, and then there's a right side and a left side, and there's tons yeah. of them there. Like, Epcot doesn't have that many of, as many as Magic Kingdom does, and it seems like they only have, like, four or five of them open at a time, even on busy mornings. And, you know, the studios doesn't have many at all, and Animal Kingdom has quite a bit, but I, I, I just, it just yeah. seems like all of them aren't open at the same time. It's like going to this, it's like going to the grocery store, and there's, you know, 20, <laughs> 20 lanes, but only four are open. I'm like, why? <laughs> Hire more people. 
<laughs> so will the, the the lines be just in the Magic Kingdom or for all of the Walt Disney World parks? No, I think it's for I all four all parks. parks right? I'm pretty sure it was all four parks. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know. I mean, I guess it's nice. I to... think they're just honestly trying to throw more perks onto the annual pass holder. That's what I was just going to yeah. say. That's what I was just going to say. I've noticed that in exclusivity. Yeah. Yeah, because they had now every time they have some sort of event, they have like AP days or something, and they're basically nothing. It's just like a photo stand and coloring pages or something. But <laughs> it's it's obvious to me that they're really trying to to show you that even you know aside from getting into the park whenever you want, when you're in the park, you get these little things too. So um, I, I wonder if they're having a hard time selling annual passes or something it certainly doesn't seem that way in disneyland but i've definitely noticed that they're really trying to kind of remind you that you get little perks and stuff yeah, yeah. well definitely because they i they brought back the 20 percent discount on merchandise and food and stuff that they used to have for in walt disney world i believe it's a limited time thing but hey that's yeah. that's awesome i mean it used to be that way all the, all the time if you and that that was the yeah. other difference between the the two annual passes if you had the higher one you got the 20 percent on the old system if you had the just the regular park hopper one without the water parks and everything else it was 10 percent. so that was the other incentive to spend the extra money and get the higher tiered one even if you never went to the water parks or uh, disney quest yeah so. that's true and you know i wonder now that i think about it if the wizarding world of harry potter opening in hollywood has anything to do with that too because it seems like not not that long after that opened Disneyland reintroduced their Southern California pass which they had gotten rid of so I mean Universal doesn't have nearly as much attendance as Disneyland so I don't think they necessarily feel threatened but it almost reads to me like they're trying to keep Southern California fans just at Disneyland and keep them away from Universal oh no doubt kind of interesting I think yeah. Disney World in Florida is like that too because I don't think they're threatened by them because I mean I, I Universal in Florida I think does very well now with all the additions they've made and the resorts that they've put on that property and things like that but I, I don't think they draw the attendance and I don't know that the attention to detail is the same as it is you know, like I, I haven't been to Universal in, in forever so I, I can't speak firsthand. it's just going by what I see and hear and read on social media but I think even though Disney doesn't probably feel threatened by it I still think they have to keep their game up on it and not get complacent that people are just going to come there because of what it is you know because right. certainly if they do start slacking or, or taking advantage and not offering extra perks and things I think people will you know I don't know that people will defect in by the masses to either want to Universal or SeaWorld or any Bush Garden or whatever because but you will get some that'll that'll go and no it's true I, and i think part of the problem with disneyland was for a long time they were really the only game in town cuz there were there were little things like there's magic mountain or knott's berry farm but they really didn't have any sort of like character experiences or the same franchise draws so now that legoland is there and now that you, the universal studios is growing i think they sort of are realizing they might have to share the wealth and they don't want to. So I think yeah. you're right. I don't think they feel threatened, but I think they still want to kind of give the impression of like, we're the only, only dog in town, you know? Yeah. And 
So they're trying to keep people from trying other things, it no, seems I, like. No, you're 100% right. They want to keep people in their park. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, uh, we'll we'll see how it works out. I mean, I, I I hope they continue with the... And they leave the 20% discount on the uh, certain tier of annual pass because you definitely you know do pay a lot a lot of money for it and if you go more than if you go twice a year if you get 12 days out of it you're ahead of the game i mean i don't know what it is now adrian you would be able to answer it better but if you just went and did like a magic your way i guess that's what they call it now what is it after the sixth day is when it's like really you know when it starts being next to nothing to get in the park it's like 20 dollars a day or something like that i mean it used to you know, yeah I think it is. It's around like the sixth or seventh day, something like that. But we are, have had this conversation in our house for the past couple of days about renewing our annual passes and whether or not we're going to get them for the kids from a price perspective. Right. Just because, I don't know. And But we, I don't know, this probably isn't where we're going, but we, <laughs> yeah, you know, we tend to get off on these things. That's okay. As a family, because we're fairly local, not fairly local, but I mean, you know, it's a 10-hour drive. That's not terrible. No, not at all. everything else. Yep. We tend to go down for longer weekends, so we'll do like three-day trips, and that the cost of that is like a three-day park hopper is three fifty, I think. Wow. So two... Yeah. So, and that's, no, that, yeah, that's for an adult. I'm trying to remember what kind of math I did this weekend. <laughs> and so if we were going to take two of those, two three-day weekend trips, then that's $700. Spend an extra 50, you get the annual pass and you get the free memory maker and you get the free parking and da, 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 da. So right. it is those little perks that are having us considering renewing. Yeah, definitely. Especially like for my kid, especially for the kids, because... You know, there's not a difference really between three to nine price and a ten and up price. It's maybe ten dollars a day, so right. you're not saving a, a significant amount. So again, it, the going back to the entrance, like that kind of perk isn't going to get me in. But that memory maker perk, that definitely got me into the pass holder. Yeah, the, sure. that thing is awesome. I can tell you that right now. I just it was funny. I just got the uh, emails the other day that my pictures from last year's trip are expiring so that's the other thing with yeah. with with the normal photo pass and stuff it used to be 90 days or something or 45 days i don't i i honestly don't know what it is now but i do remember like that was as soon as you got home you unpacked and you went on the computer and ordered your pictures or downloaded well, then you couldn't download yeah. them way back when it started you had to buy the prints of the ones you wanted now it's awesome but now like, i just you know and I, I i got the alert and i got you know my wife I'm like oh my god our pictures are expiring what pictures are expiring and we just we just went in September. I'm like, it can't be those. We have a year, so it's the ones from our last our Thanksgiving last year that are going to expire. You know, right before Christmas, which I already have had have downloaded. But I was before we started recording tonight. That's what I was checking. I was like, oh, do I have these? Because you know, and then I have. I know I had that little panic attack <laughs> too. But I will say something that happened that was really cool because um, we didn't get our annual passes until I think June of this year. And as soon as I plugged in my annual pass, it retroactively gave me memory makers. Mm. So I got my January trip where I didn't have memory maker. I didn't purchase it. And, but I ended up getting those pictures. Really? So retroactively a year, it gave me all of those from our past two trips. That's I was awesome. able to download those. 
I know. I was really excited. And the uh, <laughs> and the other fun part of it is, like, if you have family and friends that you're connected with on the app, which I have my entire family is on there, cousins and uncles and good friends that we travel <laughs> with and and everything else, you could see everybody's picture depending on how you have them checked in your thing. So like my uncle and a large group of my family went over the summer. Uh, My parents and my brother went in October. So as those pictures, when I know they're down there, I just keep checking the app and I, you know, watching their mind train videos and, you know, if they're on tower of terror. So then, you know, you get on the text or the social media of whoever ones are on there and you're like, yeah, look at the, you know, my buddy with, you know, character pictures with the princess. I'm like, ah, you know, making fun of them and stuff like that. And it's, so that's the other awesome part of it. If you're connected with people on it, it's it's great to see. You can almost kind of live vicariously through them and be on vacation with them, which I do enjoy doing. And anybody I know now that that's down there, it's uh, I try not to be a complete pain in the ass when they're down there and follow everything along. But it's kind of hard not to anymore with but come on with people, you know, checking in on Facebook and Foursquare and, <laughs> and Memory Maker. You, you you can kind of just be there, really. <laughs> Yeah. Um, yeah. So I know this conversation wasn't supposed to delve into a annual pass holder pros and cons thing. But, yeah, that's all right, though. Um, it's a good thing. It is a good thing. I think they've been worth it for us. And I think I love I love to do what I call Disney math because, you know, I'm all about the saving money. And it's been really fun for me because I'm a dork to figure <laughs> out kind of where that price point breaks and what makes it worth it and what doesn't make it worth it. And because we drive so often, the free parking is a really big perk because it yeah. went up to 20 bucks this year. I can think of many, many scenarios in which the annual pass holder ticket is worth it completely aside from the separate entrances of the parks. Oh, definitely. I 100% agree with you. And the other, there's plenty of other extra little perks that are nice that go along with it. There definitely is. Besides the merchandise discount, you know, the free parking, like you said, you know, special merchandise at some special events. Like I know, I, I don't know if I had mentioned it on here, but there's plenty of pictures of me with it. But last year when the Osborne lights were going out, they had special, they had t-shirts that were commemorating it, of course, but then they had a special pass holder t-shirt that not only was a little different design, but it, it said pass holder on it. So I'm all about that stuff that maybe <laughs> makes me feel a little special. And, you know, maybe it's a little bit of elitist in me. You can call it that if you wish, but I, it's, I'm definitely not, you know, but that, that stuff is awesome. I like, I like that. And even for the Halloween party, they had a separate shirt that was a pass holder. It was basically the same design. It's just like in real small letters. And within the design, it said pass holder 2016. So, you know, stuff like that. And RJ had to have it. I'm terrible with that stuff. I need to have that merchandise (laughs) because I don't have enough flipping (laughs) (laughs) T-shirts. What did I want to add? Oh, Jessica, do you, in getting lost in all this, do you... Are you a, an annual pass holder, or have you ever been for Disneyland? Yes, I am an annual pass holder. Okay, good. Yeah, I have. I used to have the premium pass, which was the one without blackout dates. But now that they've switched to this new tiered system, there's Signature or Signature Plus, and the difference between that is pretty much just that Signature Plus has no blackout and Signature has only like Christmas week blacked out, which I'd never want to go anyway at right. Christmas week. So <laughs> I went with that one. <laughs> yeah, no, I don't blame you. I mean, for something as silly as that, if you really, really, really wanted to go, you'd pay for the day, you know? Yeah. And I actually, to kind of, I understand your, your conflict, Adrian, about like, you know, balancing 
having little perks and, and it being so expensive for your family and thinking about your kids. One of my college roommates, what her family did was her mom had an annual pass and then the rest of them didn't. So when she, they could get the free parking and the discounts on like food and merchandise, but that way the rest of them would just kind of buy a day pass for whenever they were going to go. Or like when she was in college living in San Diego and she was closer, she bought like the lowest tiered pass that had a lot of blackout dates. And then her mom had like the premium or whatever. So I think it's common for families to kind of try to stagger it to offset the expense because it is ridiculously expensive, but um it is. And then the problem with that is it then encourages me, which I'm positive is Disney's point in the whole thing, to <laughs> plan more trips to make it worth it. So then yes. I'm spending more money on food and more money on merchandise and resorts and da 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 and and you know. So then my budget hurts even worse. Yeah, there's no good solution. <laughs> there's really not. <laughs> we have an expensive hobby, you know. Yeah, exactly. Yes, we do. <laughs> well, it's funny that you say that cuz either way Either way, you try to work it out to see how much you're saving the best or what the best, you know, where the, where you equal out with stuff like that. You never do. They win no matter what. Because like you just said. <laughs> they win. You, you may be saving on getting the, you know, the annual pass. I'm like, all right, so, so to take mine, for example, it was 584 I think, with tax or something like that, or before tax for my for mine. So say I was getting one for myself. So that gets me 13 months in the park, and, you know, parking and this, that, and the other thing, which I, you know, we usually drive. But if I was going myself, I would fly because it's a 20-hour drive from Connecticut. So it's not like I can just jump in a car on a whim and go. <laughs> but so say I go three times a year, yes, park entry has paid for itself after, you know, say I went for three-week, one-week trips. So that's... 21 days in the parks yeah after that 12th day basically i'm getting into the park for free but you're there more you're spending like adrian said you got to buy food every time i'm not much a merchandise buyer anymore so maybe i'm not the right person but i you know i'd be doing more of the other experiences besides just getting into the park and riding all the ride be seeing more signature dining more tours or you know, special event type things, which is other money, you know, upcharge events and this, that, and the other thing that that are going to offset the fact that they didn't get my money on the annual pass, on the pass end. It works out for them, and it, no matter which way you look at it, which, like you said, is that's, that's what the they want. The <laughs> that's what they want. And I just play into their hands every time. Yeah. Uh, I know. Most of us, <laughs> most of us do, but, eh, yeah, what are you going to do? What are you going to do? Nothing. There's no prize for richest man in a cemetery. <laughs> as my grandfather I like that. told me often. One. As, ironically, he would want to know why we're going back to Disney World again. <laughs> <laughs> what do you guys keep going back there for? Well, I don't know. We like it, Grandpa. Ah, <laughs> it's the same stuff. No, it's not. <laughs> and he loved it. We took him. He went about three times. Luckily, we were able to take him down, and he loved it every time he went down there. So oh, he just liked to uh, complain to, complain to us about it. I think because as he got older and he didn't want to travel anymore and be on an airplane or in a car, I think he, he probably deep down inside was bummed out that he didn't get to want to you know be down there with everybody. Oh. Donald Duck was his favorite, so he loved he loved going and uh, seeing Donald Duck. <laughs> so then again, we'll we'll see what happens with this. This is due to roll out on Wednesday the 21st, which is a few days before Christmas, at least in 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 testing phases. So I don't know what that's going to mean if they're just going to have one area in each park like I said, 
Keep an eye on social media, Disney Parks blog, any of your favorite bloggers, Twitter followers, Facebook groups. I'm sure Crystal will have some information on it, too. Crystal may have information. That's right. Yep. She. I, I don't know if she's braving the parks for these next two weeks. I know she was there. <laughs> she was there over the weekend, I think. They did hoop-de-doo. I did see her put yeah. on Twitter. So I'd love to hear her report on that with her little one because uh, that's, that's one of my favorite shows. So anyway, we'll see what that brings along. I think the uh, one other thing we just wanted to, to touch on quickly with this AP special line and security being beefed up with metal scanners and, and such that they've introduced into the parks and who knows if that's going to become the norm and there's going to be more metal scanners and we're going to get away from the physical bag checking in, which either way, like Adrian had said earlier on in the episode, I'm fine with whatever they do to keep me safe when I'm there. I feel safer there than I do anywhere else anyway, and I never ever think about any sort of bad stuff, which is the whole point of when you step through those gates or drive under that arch. That's the whole feeling and point of being in that whole entire fantasy world and land that you're coming into is to just leave reality behind and be part of the story. So I'm definitely thankful and grateful for all the measures that they take to keep it that way. But uh, as we were chatting before we recorded, we had realized or Adrian had brought up or Jessica, I forgot which one of you asked it, about Disney Springs, if there was bag checks going into there. And for those who have been there, there is not. And there wasn't when it was Pleasure Island either. And I would think the reason being is just because it's it's open to the general public, as all the parks are, but there's no admission fee to get into into Disney Springs. You have to, you know, anybody can just drive and park in one of the structures and go in and patronize any of the establishments there. If you did go there and then wanted to go onto the rest of Disney property, one of the theme parks specifically, you would have to go through a bag check to get into the theme park. Even if you wanted to, since there is a walking bridge that connects you to Saratoga Springs, you walk to Saratoga Springs, you still have to get on a bus and go to a park and still go through a bag check. So I don't know if it's something they would ever implement into Disney Springs. Uh, I don't know how that falls with privacy and and what laws there are because you're not charging to get in there. So I don't know how they would justify it to just, you know, people coming in for the day to go shopping or just coming in to eat dinner at one of the so many of the new restaurants and then just leaving and going driving home to their house. You know, I don't know what the legal implements of those are, but I don't know how you guys feel about that. I honestly don't think that they ever will because it's it's such a a bumbling like commercial center now you know it's it's not mall like but kind of in that same sense that there's you know there's shopping and there's food and it's it doesn't feel it's disney but it doesn't feel theme parkish at all no so i just don't and they're just logistically there are so many entrances and so many ways to get in and the ways to get out that i just don't think that it's that it's possible on that kind of level right I mean, they could surprise me and it could happen. But I will say this. I, like you, RJ, have never been nervous walking into a Disney park, ever. I've never given thought to anything negative that could happen. But when we were there in September, it was fairly recent after the shooting at Pulse in Orlando. I was a little nervous going to Disney Springs, knowing that that had been a potential target and that there, there is nothing you know, and it's and it is so busy. Um, when we parked, it just kind of 
hit me for a second that, you know, that is always a possibility. Of course, it's a possibility going anywhere. Right, right. I think because the, the event had been so recent that for the first time ever in my entire life, I was nervous walking into a Disney property. Right. Well, I can under- so understand that. And then, and also because they had a report that came out that the fella had had basically gone into Disney Springs and looked looked around at the place. So, right. I, no, I could definitely yeah. understand it. I mean, there's probably more security in that place than we'll ever know about, either with cameras, definitely. which I'm sure they have, sure. and and definitely plain clothes, you know, officers and security guards as well. I've never seen actual Disney. Well, yes, I have. There is walk around security people, Disney security people. But uh, how many you know plain clothes there are? Who the heck knows? I mean, it could be it's that it's probably that way in all all the parks and all the properties, and that's fine. I don't need to see them as long as I know they're there. <laughs> that's fine right. with me. So, what were you gonna say, Jessica? Sorry. Oh no, that's okay. I was actually just gonna say I disagree with Adrian about whether or not it'll ever happen. I think it absolutely will happen, and I say that because it are it just did in Disneyland. Our downtown Disney is not nearly as big as Disney Springs, but it's a similar thing. It's all shops and restaurants. It's open. There are entrances everywhere. It's right next to the convention center. So a lot of people that go there aren't even going into a Disney park. And now there is back check to get in and it's part of the security bubble. And I just think given the fact that now they have plainclothes police officers everywhere, security is definitely tighter in Disney parks than I've ever seen. There's more metal detectors and bomb sniffing dogs. And I kind of just think that's the way the world is going. So I think it's inevitable that Disney Springs will, will jump on the bandwagon and have bag check. I get that it's different. There's no admission. That's true of downtown Disney as well. And it's a shopping center. But Given the fact that it is Disney property, I think that eventually it'll all just be hyper secure because they don't want to take that risk. I can see that. I really can. Yeah, yeah, definitely. It's just hard to fathom it, I guess. Yeah, it is. Yeah. I, I, and I haven't been, it's been like three or four days since they've implemented this in downtown Disney. So I haven't been and seen what it's like, but from what I've heard, they've basically bottlenecked all the separate entrances so you have to go through like four or five instead of maybe let's say 10 so i think that they will figure out a way to control that because i think they eventually i think they'll get to a point where they feel like they have to and i'm surprised honestly after it came out that the pulse shooter scoped out disney springs that that didn't happen like immediately i was kind of surprised by that yeah i mean but again we never know what may have happened behind the scenes that's true. That's very true. Yeah. Well, I mean, it didn't. I mean, they didn't hesitate. I mean, next day they had the metal detectors in in place. I don't, we don't need to rehash this whole thing. But if they right. really felt yeah, threatened yeah. by it, they they could have as easily put those uh, portable walkthrough things, you know, at the entrance at the couple entrances to uh, Disney Springs. Yeah, I'm, I'm sure if they really felt that they needed to, and it may be in the works. You know, I, I wouldn't be shocked if if it did happen, but. Maybe it's not high on their radar at this point. Who knows? Yeah, exactly. Anything again? Possible? I'm not one of those people that feels like it's intruding on my privacy or anything. No, I don't. I'm there care. with my kids. Keep me safe. Yeah, I'm cool. I got nothing to hide. I you know, through my bags. Look at all my ponchos. I don't. That's, care. A, that's right. I mean, I got <laughs> I got nothing to hide when I'm going in. So, you know, I, I don't worry about it. Usually, you know, the people who get aggravated with stuff like that either just get aggravated because they want to be aggravated, or you know, they're trying to. Not necessarily bring a weapon or anything in, but, you know, who knows? You could have a joint in there, you know, 
who knows? <laughs> it's it's not uncommon. I mean, people. Yeah, I know there's not a lot of smoking areas in the parks anymore, but I can't. I can definitely say I've been walking around the parks and have smelled marijuana smoke. So it's not like it doesn't get done. <laughs> yeah. Not often, but I I definitely have caught whiffs of it every once in, every every once in a while. All right, so. I think with that, we're going to wrap this episode up. As always, we thank you for listening. And you can head on over to DizExplorers.com and find us over there. And you can find links to this podcast on Twitter and Instagram and YouTube. You're able to download this uh, through iTunes. Uh, is definitely the easiest way. And it gives you the most information. And also, as far as the notes and and such that we type up for each episode uh, but you can also download through Stitcher and tune in and like I said Jessica uploads them to YouTube for those who are like using YouTube uh, there's no video but you can definitely listen to the audio on it also on the uh, on our website you can find links to all our different troopers and to all of their separate social media accounts uh, all of us are on most of most of the major ones we do in, enjoy interacting with with everybody out there we do get some people who tweet at us and Jessica is always on top of that with quick responses and quick answers and definitely check out we have a Facebook page you can check out there's lots of little fun information on there and there's our badge challenges that you can go to and and do for fun uh, you don't actually win anything sorry <laughs> but it does uh, little, <laughs> fun little quizzes and, and it's definitely cool to see the little badges and things that Jessica makes up for us so she does an awesome job on our social media end thank uh, you Oh, you're welcome <laughs> so that's going to do it for this week and for Jessica and Adrian and myself we thank you for listening hope you have a great week and we will talk to everybody later yeah.